Welcome to the Wildlife Around You Show, a casual nature podcast with your hosts, Blaine and Lainey, both nature enthusiasts. Howdy. Hello. Very Southern of you. <laughs> I live in the South. I'm sorry. I live in Texas. Yes. Better clarify. <laughs> I don't want all the comments. So what wildlife have you come across lately? A rock squirrel. The ones in our backyard, there's some dispute between us. I think they look kind of grayish. They're the fox squirrels. But this one, the rock squirrel, was so dark. It's kind of a charcoal. And was on a rock. And was on a rock. Really stood out. And with the surrounding area that was kind of tan and gray, he really stood out. I assume it was a boy. Could be. Could be. We're close enough to see him. So what about you? Slugs. So we've had rain off and on, but it always brings out some slugs, which is fitting for what we're going to talk about today. Yes. The Gulf Coast Toad. We've seen several of these mm-hmm. throughout our neighborhood, but we've got one that's bigger that's in our yard. I think it, at least one, maybe there's two, but I think there's at least one that kind of rotates between our front yard and backyard. They are a medium-sized toad species, which measures around two to four and a half inches in length. And ours is probably at least three inches. Yeah, well, about the size of palm of your hand. A small palm yeah. of your hand. Because they're not as wide. They're not a wide. They're not a fat toad. <laughs> they do have a robust body with a warty texture and short limbs. The coloration of Gulf Coast toads varies, but they are typically light to dark brown with patches of gray or olive. And one of the ways you can tell them apart from others is that they have a distinctive light-colored stripe down the center of their back, and it goes all the way from the head all the way to the tail, which is their bum because they don't really have a tail. Uh, The skin is dry and covered in numerous glands that secrete toxic substances as a defense mechanism. So where were you, can you possibly come across these? Hint, Gulf Coast. Gulf Coast. They're native to the Gulf Coast region of the United States, including Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. They inhabit a variety of habitats, including forests, grasslands, marshes, swamps, and suburban areas. They are commonly found near bodies of water, such as ponds, ditches, and streams, where they breed and lay eggs. And they are well adapted to warm and humid environments, which is why we've which is got what the Gulf is. Yep. So they don't construct elaborate nests or homes. They will try and find and utilize existing burrows, crevices, or leaf litter as a hiding place to protect them from predators and the extreme weather. Um, they may, on occasion, dig shallow burrows for temporary shelter or to hibernate during colder months, which we've had a few cold snaps and they've managed to survive those which is why they like our backyard because we have a lot of ground cover and shrubs and leaves and because we've got a variety of trees in our backyard between our backyard and our neighbors backyards that come into our yard so that's usually where i see them i'll hear a little rustling and if i see them you're a lot better at seeing them before i do i usually see them when they move uh, they're hard to spot before they move. They blend in really well. Yep. So they are primarily nocturnal. They become active during the night and seeking shelter during the day. 
They're generally solitary, except during the breeding season. It's amazing how all these solitary animals want to hook up. And when they are threatened, Gulf Coast toads puff themselves up to appear larger and may release a toxic milky secretion from their paratoid glands. Yep, don't want to touch that. Mm -mm. So breeding usually occurs from late winter to early summer. The Mel Gulf, to Gulf Coast toads, we'll get that down by the end of the podcast, <laughs> surely, produce a high-pitched trill or call to attract females during their breeding season. And that's what we hear. It's kind of, when we first moved here, it was like, what kind of weird cricket is that? Yeah. But it's, it's these toads, I'm pretty sure. Yes. After successful mating, the female lays long strings of eggs in the water, which are attached to vegetation or other submerged objects. And this is one of the ways you can tell toad eggs versus uh, frog eggs because toads lay eggs in a long string. It almost looks kind of like a tube, while frogs lay their eggs in clusters or clumps. So if you look in the water and you see those, that's how you know direction those are going to turn into. Each egg string can contain several hundred to several thousand eggs, depending on the size and the age of the female. The eggs hatch into tadpoles within a few days, and, the, the, and then the tadpoles undergo metamorphosis into juvenile toads within a few weeks. And we see them. They are so tiny. I think I see those more than the adults. Yeah, there's a lot of them that, that hop around. Yeah. We'll see them when we just walking down sidewalks or other stuff, especially after it rains. Yeah. Along trails, other stuff, there's just a little black bloop, 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 bloop. That are like the size of your thumbnail. They're really not big. I like miniature. <laughs> <laughs> Their um, predators come from a variety of animals, including snakes, birds of prey, mammals like raccoons and possums, larger frogs, which surprised me, and even some domestic pets, which be surprised if the feral cat that wanders around in our neighborhood gets some of these periodically because that cat is a good hunter. Um, their toxic skin secretions act as a deterrent to some predators, although some species, I have such a hard time saying that word, have developed resistance to these toxins. They are opportunistic carnivores. They have a diverse diet that includes insects, spiders, worms, snails, slugs, small crustaceans, and even small vertebrates like other frogs and lizards. They have a specialized feeding technique where they flick out their sticky tongues to catch the prey, which is then swallowed whole. And one of the places I read said that they can consume like almost a hundred a night. So they're, wow. they're very good to have around to help keep pests and insects that you don't want down, but they can clean up the slugs and mosquitoes and flies and other yes, stuff. Yes, yes, so, get the mosquitoes. So we're very happy to have some on our property. So what are some of the fun facts that we found? Their distinctive call, which resembles a long musical trill. Hopefully we can record it sometime because it's a fun sound. They are highly adaptable and can thrive in urban areas and disturbed habitats. They play an essential role in controlling insect populations, serving as natural pest control agents. And they're considered an indicator species as their presence or absence can reflect the health of their surrounding ecosystem. Interesting. So, yeah, things are going well. Yeah. They are important contributors 
to nutrient cycling as their feeding and waste products enrich the soil and promote plant growth. They're when, good to have around. Maybe that's why our jasmine's doing so great. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Been thinking we should make a toad home this summer. Now we will know where to find it. <laughs> we can come calling. Knock, knock, knock. Are you there? Get away. They're good to have around, just like other toads. So if you're not in the Gulf Coast, you may have other toads around you. All are beneficial to the ecosystems. We hope you feel inspired to be someone who is more aware of the nature around you. We also hope that you have enjoyed this episode and learned something new about wildlife that may be around you. For more information about getting outdoors and to see our photos and videos of the wildlife we talked about, follow us on Instagram at a Porter Explorer and Get Outside Daily. To ensure you don't miss a future episode, be a subscriber to our podcast. A new episode comes out weekly. If you really liked it and are willing, please be one of our favorite people and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love to see what you have to say. It helps spread the word so more can enjoy what is around them. And don't forget to tell your friends about what you've learned with us. Everyone wins when we spend more time with nature. You can find show notes for all our episodes at aporterexplorer.com slash podcast. Until next time, we encourage you to get outside daily to see what is around you and to get back to nature. <laughs>